Good morning and welcome to another episode of SB Nation's A Sea of Blues Cats by 90 podcast. I am your host, Aaron Gershon, and joining me today on our 40th edition of this podcast is Kentucky head baseball coach Nick Mingione. And Nick, how are you doing? How's your family hanging in during all this? Everybody's good. Yeah, I appreciate you you uh, asking about them. And uh, yeah, just spending a lot of time together, right? <laughs> like unexpected time. So um, that part has been good and uh, most importantly, all safe. So all well here. I mean, gee. Yeah, it is a crazy time. And I know being home, my dog runs away from me now. He doesn't want any part of going outside and all that. So I totally get that. But basically what we're going to do here is kind of go through a timeline of your time you know, as an assistant at UK and to what's gotten to this point uh, now. So what I want to ask you first is just talk about your time as an assistant at Kentucky back in 2006 and seven, especially with that 2016 that won uh, the conference uh, conference title. Yeah, you know what? You couldn't. It'd been hard to to drop a, a better first year. Um, so I was at Embry Riddle. I'm the volunteer coach there, where I was uh, with my coaches. That was my alma mater. I, I played and coached at Embry Riddle position to have, and I was just like floored, right? Like the SEC, what? So end up taking the job and coming up. And in our first year, Aaron, as you mentioned, first time in program history, we had never ever won an SEC championship and to, to come in that first year with just some uh, uh, other amazing coaches and amazing players um, we host our first ever regional tournament that was really cool and you know what Aaron that's when I fell in love with life. I haven't been to UK ever before never stepped foot I think I was ever in the state of Kentucky for anything <laughs> ever prior job and you know just seeing the city of Lexington just rally behind our team that year in 2006 and just watching all the fans and the regional the banners being, you know, it's like, man, and ever since then, I've wanted to be the head coach here and what a special year though. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that you'd always wanted to be the head coach. And that was kind of my next question. When you were at Western Carolina, Mississippi state, was it always on your mind that UK was the job you wanted one day? Well, you know what? Get this, Aaron. So when I was the when I was a volunteer my first year here, I had an opportunity to go down to Embry Riddle and be the head coach of my alma mater. I got offered the head coach position by coaches Greg and Todd Williams. They ended up leaving and going to Valdosta State. I interviewed for the job at Embry Riddle, and believe it or not, I I turned it down. And I told Steve Ritter, the athletic director there. At- Man, and obviously he's uh, actually from Kentucky, born and raised in Kentucky. And I just told him, I said, Coach, I said, I, I want to be a head coach in the SEC one day. And I just believe that I need to stay in the SEC and go get some recruiting experience around the country. And one day, that's where I want to be. I want to be a head coach in the Southeastern Conference. Cohen, the former head baseball, I up, you know, I end up moving to Starkville, Mississippi, and that's where I met my wife, Kristen, and our son was born. And she'll tell you, even when we were in the day, phase getting to know each other I told her that Kentucky is where I wanted to be and that was the head coaching job that I would love to have one day and sure enough it's actually happened yeah so talk about getting that call and what the process was like with Mitch Barnhart and UK to finally make it happen well I'll tell you that Mitch Barnhart is one of the main reasons why I wanted to be here Um, I had an opportunity to really develop a relationship with him and his family my first time here 
And um, I just remember just spending time with him and being at his house. And the way he treated me, I was a volunteer coach at times. I'm sleeping on the couch in the locker room, Aaron. Like, right. you know what I mean? I got nothing. I moved up here with just a car. Everything I owned was in my car. There was no moving truck. There was no nothing. And the way he treated me, and we have had a, a relationship ever since, and we've maintained it. And, you know, we were down in Starkville in 2016, and it's um, it was a uh, – Interesting day, Coach Cohen calls me in the office, and he just told me he had to talk to me about something, and um, it ended up being about this disposition. And when Mitch and I spoke, it was just, man, it was like, wow, I can't believe this is happening so fast. And when I was down in Starkville in 16, we, again, had won the SEC, which was really neat to be able to win the SEC at two different schools. But just going through the interview process with Mitch and – uh, Kevin Saul and Dwayne Peavy and these guys. And you know what? Our team was good that year. And we were going through the postseason. We're a national seed. And sure enough, the day after we got eliminated, um, a game away from the College World Series or whatever it was, Mitch Barnard offered me the position. And um, I told him, I said, Mitch, I told my wife I would wouldn't say yes or no without talking to her, but I'm pretty sure I'll be calling you right back and just give me two minutes. Let me just go in there and talk to her. And uh, sure enough, we we became Wildcats. So obviously that first year with the Wildcats, 2017, was one of the most special ones in school history. When did you sense that it was that team was just different than some of the other teams that's come through UK before? Well, Aaron, I'll tell you this. I I, I really believe in, in my heart that it starts, you got to have really good players. Yeah. And that didn't take long for us to realize that we had some really good players. And the challenge for that year was trying to get them to believe they were good. They, you know, I, I'll never forget some of those guys coming into my office just saying, Coach Manch, like, hey, I want to go to the postseason. We haven't even been to postseason. And I go, postseason? We're going to the postseason. We're trying to go to Omaha and win this whole thing. And it's just like for me to talk about Omaha and some of the looks on their faces, it was – it was hard for them that, that that was not their expectations and it hadn't been. And so it didn't take long to realize we had some really good players and we having to try to convince them that we were that good. And I think some of them would even tell you, matter of fact, they've told me and said it you know, in public that they didn't realize how good we were and they didn't realize how good we were until the, the fifth week of the season when we went down to Texas A&M and swept them on the road. And that's when they actually, you know, some of them started believing. And it wasn't until then. And, you know, um, it was a special team, uh, just special players. It was, you know, we're two wins from Omaha. We we had never been to the College World Series. And uh, we'd never been a Super Regional. And we made it to a Super Regional. We did something I was never, ever done before. And and that's that's kind of my heart and passion is to do things that had never been done before. And I had the opportunity to do that when I was a player at Embry-Riddle, never been to the College World Series. We went to the College World Series. And then as a coach there at Embry-Riddle, we had never played for a national championship. We played for a national championship. When I was at Mississippi State, had an opportunity to play for a national championship. They had never played for a national championship. We did that to come here and to take a team to a super regional. Now I just want us to win a national championship. It's like, all right, the next step is like, we got to make it to Omaha, Aaron. Like (laughs) uh, we're only going to be able to do that, you know, with the the right people in our program. And I really feel like we we've done that and we have that and we've, we've moved in the right direction. And um, that 17 team was just, 
it helps set the foundation and lay the groundwork that, hey, look, we're that close. We were two wins, and we can do this here at Kentucky, and it's never been done. And I believe in my heart that's what we're going to do. Now, the 17 year, that was the year before I arrived here in Lexington. I remember watching the NC State game, the clincher of the regional around here in Lexington. And where does that rank for you among your moments as a coach in your career? I mean, that, I've never seen a Kentucky baseball game like that. Just the crowd uh, and everything. Well, as a as a head coach, clearly it's number one. <laughs> right. I mean, you could not. You know, I told our team yesterday here on a Zoom call, and I got my face right in the camera, and I'm like, "You gotta listen to me." Like, <laughs> we want to win, and as a coach on the field, my favorite thing to do, my favorite thing to do, is to watch them dogpile and celebrate. And my wife is; she captures pictures of me now. She's got one with me here in Kentucky, and some at the you know at the other place, just watching our guys celebrate. I just sit there, and I it's just man. My wife and I we have this little five year old, and um, his name's Reeves. And you know, as a parent, to just watch your kids experience success and just to be overcome with joy, and I just love doing that on the field. It's my favorite thing to watch is those guys just celebrate. And I told our team, I said, hey, I told our team just yesterday, we're going to do that. We're going to, we are going to be, we're going to Omaha. Like, we're going to do it. Like, you better start believing it right now. And as coaches, we're just going to sit there and just watch you guys celebrate winning because, man, it's a powerful thing. And everything equips them for the rest of their life, for them to accomplish something that's never been done, the confidence it gives them, the, for them to understand, like, the, the trials, the heartaches, the the, the, the perseverance part of it, it's just a really neat deal. And that 17 season was obviously clearly my the favorite part of my head coaching career. Now, the next year obviously didn't end on the field how you guys wanted, but you guys ended up sending a school record 13 guys uh, to the MLB draft and selected. And back in 2010, John Calipari gave his famous, uh, it was the biggest day in Kentucky basketball history. Did you get a similar feel when UK baseball was able to send 13 guys, which I believe was the most in the nation of any school, just with it helping the future of the program and recruiting and setting examples for kids who are going to come in here one day? Yeah, because Aaron, and the development piece is so important to us, right? And the guys we're recruiting, you know, ever since they were five years old, they all want to play in the big leagues, right? Like that is their goal is to make it to the big leagues and for them to get them out that to help provide them an opportunity. And out of those 13, I don't remember the exact number, but I, I want to say it was maybe 10. And, and I, but uh, they were not even drafted before, like never even drafted it out of high school or junior college. And then all of a sudden they come in and they, they get an opportunity to develop and get an, a chance to go chase their dream. And that's part of what we're doing here. Right, like not only do we want to graduate our student athletes, we want to win baseball games on the field. We want them to win in all areas of their life, but we also want to develop them. You know, and whether they're going to play professional baseball or they're going to the professional workforce, they're going pro one way or the other. And that particular year, to have thirteen guys and Aaron, we had twelve top ten rounders yes. in those first two years. Twelve top ten rounders. That was the most in the country. No program had more top ten round draft picks than us, and. That was an awesome thing for those kids and those families. And to even follow along with them right now, I mean, to see how many guys. I mean, Zach Thompson. Yeah, I was going to mention very that. next year. I mean, Zach Thompson <laughs> just got announced. That's He's right. in the big league roster already. Um, so those 13 draft picks were great. It was 
very difficult the next year, though. Let's face it. Like, yeah. <laughs> we had our hands full, but from a development standpoint, what a neat deal to watch 13 kids and their families celebrate being drafted and getting a chance to go chase their dream of being a big leaguer one day. Yeah, obviously the next year was rough, but some of the kids already, the younger guys like Austin Schultz, John Rhodes this year in 2020, seems like they could be special. And how... How about the new stadium and the new facilities? How much also, with kind of hand-in-hand, has that helped with getting guys in here like John Rhodes and uh, building for the future of this program? Yeah, so thankful for Mitch Barnhart and Dr. Capilouto and, you know, the Board of Trustees and everybody else that just, you know, helped get that and make that even possible. But just a beautiful facility. And when you think about in terms of investment, what an investment on um, our athletic department's part and so thankful for that um, it helps tremendously Aaron because obviously we we play in a league where every school in our league cares about baseball and it is the best league in America it's been proven we've shown that over and over when you look at the number of big leaguers we have when you look at the number of draft picks we have when you look at the number of national championships we have this league is it's a powerful league and to be able to have a facility to get us on par um, with some of these other programs in the league was obviously extremely important. And for our player standpoint, you know, even from a development standpoint, you know, the resources they have with it being a turf field, you know, their ability to go out on the field whenever they want and take ground balls. They can hit ball, you know, they can hit, they can hit on the field. They can jump in the batted cages, all the, the pitch machines, the technology you could ever want. Um, but again, to help us not only win and help them also develop into the players they want to be. Coaches, two more questions for you. One, I want to ask you about, you know, what you're thinking is going to happen, obviously, with this uh, pandemic. When do you expect to get your guys on campus and when you are back on campus? Um, I know Zeke Lewis formally announced he'll be coming back. Are there any other seniors from last year's team that will be taking advantage of the NCAA's uh, rule to give them another year? Well, you know, we're, we're following the guidelines of uh, Dr. Capilouto and Mitch Barnhart, right? And just two great leaders. So as it relates to us being a spring sport, Aaron, as you know, we want to get our fall sports cranked up. And, right. Um, you know, one thing being in college of athletics that I've learned a long time ago is you've got to understand that, hey, look, it doesn't revolve just around our sport. As much as I want to make it all about baseball, it's not. And I love the hashtag we are UK because that connects us all. It's about the University of Kentucky and what's best for the University of Kentucky. And right now, from a, a sports standpoint, obviously we got to get football and volleyball and basketball and some of these other sports going. So the plan is for our guys to, you know, come in a, a couple of days before school's supposed to start and, and handle all that stuff and get going. You know, the first week, uh, I, obviously uh, August seventeenth is the first day of classes. So right. we hope to get them all on campus that week before, and they'll be in there starting school on the 17th and going through workouts and the return to, you know, play protocol and, and all of that. So uh, it's going to be here before we know it. And uh, Lord willing, it will happen. And last question for you already, I'll kind of alluded to this answer earlier in the interview, but what's the next step for UK baseball? Obviously you guys were in the super regionals a couple of years ago, 2018, a strong season didn't quite pan out the way you wanted. And then, you know, two little bit of rough years here, but, young team kids are starting to get older and more experienced what what's next and what do you think is ahead in 2021 yeah our goal is to to be national champions and i i haven't shot away from that and i believe it can be done here and i believe we're gonna do that um so for us the next step 
from a if you're looking at it from as you said perfectly a step right like as yep. you start thinking about hey you know watching my son growing up and he learned how to crawl then he learned how to walk then he learned how to run then he learned how to sprint right it's right. like for <laughs> us we got to make it to Omaha that's our next step and not only to make it there I want us to win it so that's the next step for us and you know we want to do things that have never been done before we want to build something here that we can lay a foundation and I'm proud of this team so far. You know, we've just been doing our zoom sessions, but the way they've communicated, the way they've handled their business and asking the, the way they've handled and done the things we've asked them to do has been good. And Aaron, finally, we got some experience again, you know, like that's yeah. hard, you know, this league is unforgiving and you can't just have a bunch of new players. I don't care. It's never been done. Right. Like no team has ever made it to Omaha with basically a brand new team. So you got to have some investment, some guys got to play, gain some experience. And, you know, we got to have that team and that family. And you know what? This group has uh, done everything we've asked. And the next step for us would be to make it to Omaha and win a national championship. And I can tell you that road has already started. It started this summer. The guys, the way they've handled it and gone about it has been impressive. And uh, we're on our way. Coach Mingjian, thank you so much for the time. I know it's a crazy time for all of us, and I really appreciate you taking a little bit with, uh, with us yeah. here. Absolutely, Aaron. Thanks for all you're doing, man. And um, to everybody out there, stay safe. And uh, to the Big Blue Nation, we love you. Go Cats. And that was Kentucky head baseball coach Nick Mingjian. We're going to take a quick sponsor break, and we'll be back with some of the latest headlines around UK athletics in a second. And we're back with you on the Cats by 90 podcast, the 40th edition of our podcast here through SB Nations of Sea of Blue. And just heard a lot from head coach Nick Mingione, the head coach of Kentucky baseball timeline of his career, uh, really his coaching career since 2006 when he was a UK assistant and uh, some of the success he's had at UK. And hopefully he can bring that success back after a couple down seasons, like you mentioned, however, uh, program kind of rebuilding after so many guys were drafted in 2018-13 to be exact, a school record. Uh, just a couple headlines before we let you go here on this uh, edition of the Cats by 90 podcast. We'll flip our focus over to the football and basketball programs. Uh, on the football front, not that much news to cover. Um, hoping there's a season, obviously. It sounds like 50% uh, capacity at Kroger Field might be the case, which would put around... 30,000 people in the stands if you get, uh, if you feel that that capacity, um, obviously UK football scheduled to start the season uh, now September 3rd and move two days earlier against Eastern Michigan, uh, combinate with the Kentucky Derby, so, so there's no overlap. We'll see if that happens. We obviously all can hope and dream, but I uh, wouldn't be surprised at the very least if we see a delayed start uh, to the season and... Maybe you got some of those non-conference games at the beginning of the year, though Florida's on the schedule for week two. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens uh, with the football season. And like I said, I hope we get one. And uh, on the recruiting front from football, I think since we last recorded, uh, two new commitments to the 2021 class. Uh, you have outside linebacker Martez Thrower from Rochelle, Georgia. A three-star outside linebacker ranked as the 42nd best in the country at his position. He is from 
the state of Georgia, as mentioned, the 59th ranked prospect in that state. And then the other uh, is another wide receiver. That's four wide receivers now in Kentucky's 2021 class, which is important given that you're going to lose Josh Ali after the year um, in the wide receiver position. Obviously, last year they were kind of human blockers, but this one, Christian Lewis out of Pleasant Grove, Alabama, the 76th ranked wide receiver for 2021. Uh, both recruited noteworthy by John Somerall, a former Ole Miss inside linebackers coach, played his college ball at Kentucky. Now he's doing a great job recruiting in the Deep South. So give credit to Coach Somerall there, and that's two of the latest additions to a Kentucky class now with, I believe, 13 guys. Yep, 13 commits to their 2021 class. For now, 24-7 sports ranks them 12th in the SEC, but uh, some big names could still be on the way to Lexington. And currently they haven't put rankings out for Juco um, inside linebacker Joko Williams from Independence Community College and punter Wilson Barry from Australia. So those ratings could also lead to more going up. Uh, on the basketball front, uh, basketball team back on campus, uh, Coach Calipari reportedly told Sky Clark, a five-star recruit, that his team will be getting tested uh, weekly. That is different than what football and I believe volleyball, the other sport on campus right now, has been doing. They have not been required to get testing um, for COVID-19, and we'll see if that changes. But at the moment, they are not required to get tested often, um, or at least at all. I think intake, they had to do the antibody tests, uh, and the report was that six football players had tested positive for the COVID-19 antibodies, um, no one else. So I don't know where they stand on testing for the actual virus, but it sounds that the basketball team will be, in order to stay in their bubble, uh, testing frequently. And the other basketball news, Kentucky adds two more games to their non-conference uh, slate for 2020-2021 season. Again, let's hope it happens. I think there's a chance there we don't play non-conference. We go straight into SEC play in January, especially that is around the timeline of when we're expecting a vaccine for this virus to put all this crap to bed and get back with our lives really in, at a normal level here. But the two new games as scheduled for now are Marshall, the Marshall Thundering Herd, Kentucky, 12-0 all-time against Marshall, just two hours uh, east here of Lexington in Huntington, West Virginia. Game will be at Rupp Arena on December 29th. And then they'll take on the UAB, uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham, Oh, uh, my goodness, I'm losing track of the Blazers, of course. <laughs> losing track of the Adam Kennedy, now the head coach at UAB, if you remember that name. Uh, it's because he's a guy who's been around a while. Adam Ken Andy Kennedy, rather. I'm sorry. Andy Kennedy. He, <clears throat> of course, uh, is a Louisville, Mississippi native. Uh, coached at Ole Miss for uh, 12 years, from 2006 to 2018. So he's been around the SEC Kentucky's seen plenty of him. Uh, he'll be coming back to the yes, uh, coming back. I guess should say against an SEC opponent. He was the SEC Coach of the Year in 2007. Uh, he'll be at Rupp Arena with his UAB Blazers, who Kentucky played a year ago at Rupp Arena as well. 69-58 Kentucky win, which believe it or not, even the all-time series between the two schools, as UAB has twice knocked Kentucky out of the NCAA tournament. Also have a regular season win. Kentucky that was their third win. So the series now even at three apiece. And that's really all that's happening. There's not too much. We hope here with the Cats by 90 crew that you guys are staying safe, healthy, wearing masks, um, 
indoors and really when any time you can't social distance please wear it so we can have some football um this is the cats by 90 podcast brought to you by sea of blue aaron gershon and i hope you enjoyed the interview with coach ming jion and stay healthy and we'll talk to you soon